0: Thank you, Father God. We keep our hearts turned to you this morning, Lord God. Just stay standing, guys. Thank you, Father God. We turn our hearts to you this morning, Lord God. I just keep getting the word receive. It's like God saying there's been lots of activity, there's been lots of busyness, but there hasn't been much receiving going on. And I just feel God saying this morning, there's nothing that can separate you from His love. There's nothing. That's what that baby in the manger represented. It says, the veil was torn. Your sin no longer separates you from God. And He's just saying this morning, it's just time to receive now. He says, receive my love, receive my love. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We just welcome you to move. Right now, Lord God, I just pray people encounter your love, Father, in a fresh new way, Lord God, that it's no longer about activity or busyness or, you know, religious duties. Father, you didn't send your son for that. You sent your son so you could have relationship with your people, Lord God. You sent your son so they could come back into family. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, that you're pouring out your love on your people this morning. I just feel God saying, it's just time to get good at receiving His love into every situation, every doubt, every insecurity. Thank You, Lord God, you're pouring out Your love on Your people this morning, Father. In Jesus' Name. Thank You, Father. Thank You, Lord God. Amen. Amen. Thanks, team. Praise God, let's just give the team a clap guys, praise God, how are we all? Smaller group, everyone's obviously gone away, starting to head away for Christmas, good to see, well guys I'm going to talk about um, obedience this morning. I feel God's put it on my heart to talk about obedience and how, you know, when we're obedient to what God's saying and what he's leading us to do, it always brings a blessing. Amen. So if you want a title for the sermon, it's called The Power of Obedience. If you want a funny title, it's called Jesus Take the Wheel. You take your pick, whichever one suits. Um, There's a verse that's um, very well known in Deuteronomy and it says, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Jesus said it like this. He said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So, you know, that's two verses that really show us that when we're in the will of God, when we're obeying God, there's such blessing that follows If we can just turn our Bibles to John chapter 16. We'll go there first. John chapter 16. Thank you, Father. John chapter 16. And we'll start at verse 13. And I love these these few um, chapters in John. John 14, John 15, John 16. It's where Jesus is talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You know, I read these chapters over and over. And let's start at verse 13. It says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. And, you know, that's something that we can stand on if we're unsure of a direction, if we're unsure what God's leading us to do. It says right there that he'll guide us and lead us into all truth. You know, that's something that I confess over myself, over my family. I say, Father, I thank you that you do lead me into all truth because that's a promise. And verse 14, it says, He will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And then verse 15 says, All that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And, you know, I just love verse 14 because I think so often we as Christians, you know, we get the voice of the accuser mixed up with the voice of the Holy Spirit. It says right there that he's going to glorify me for he's going to take what's Jesus's and he's going to declare it to us. You know, so if we hear a voice that kind of leads to a bit of a dead end, a voice that is an accusing voice, a voice that doesn't bring any solution, well, that's not the voice of God. Because faith always comes when we've heard the voice of God. Amen. And verse 15, so it says, All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, he said that he's going to take what is mine and he's going to declare it to you. So, you know, Jesus just modeled this perfectly. He said that all things that the Father has, they're all mine. So he had all authority, he had all power, but he actually laid his will down to God's will. So it was this, you know, kind of unique combination of everything that the Father has is mine, but then he was completely surrendered over to the will of God. You know, often we want the power of God or we want a position, but we're not willing to surrender. Something that Pastor Pete said a few weeks ago really stuck with me, and and he said... We've got to wait for God's voice to direct us. We don't just go ahead and make decisions and then say it was God. I know I've definitely done that before and then I've gone back and gone, oh, God, I don't think you're actually leading me to do that. It didn't really end that well. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like when you're playing a game of chess. You sit back and, and you, you look and you think, you strategize, and, you know, where should I move? You don't just go and move it anywhere There's a certain direction. It's the same with the voice of God. You know, Greg and I were praying the other night and we were just seeking God for something that we've been believing for for quite some time. And I just felt to say to Greg, I'm like, let's just ask God for a step. Let's ask him to show us what we need to do. And so we prayed, you know, thank you, God, that you're going to show us, Lord, we just ask for a step of obedience, Lord, show us something that we can do in this situation. And I walked out of the room 10 minutes later, Greg's like, I've got something and it was just like that voice from heaven that spoke clarity and it was just such a clear step almost to the point where we were like why didn't we think of that but of course it's God's wisdom and You know, so we know that the voice of the Holy Spirit, like it said in John chapter 16, that it's the voice of the Holy Spirit that will show us what Jesus did. He's going to lead us into our inheritance, into our destiny, because it says that he's going to take what is mine and declare it to you. And he's so faithful in this, guys. He actually called himself the good shepherd. You know, he called himself that, knowing that um, we can trust him to rely on his voice in this. And going to bring a bit of a Christmas flavour into this. If you guys can turn to Luke uh, chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Sometimes I think we can get so familiar with the Christmas story without actually stepping back and thinking what it would have been like for Mary and for Joseph. You know, for those of us that are married or engaged you can think of a time when, you know, there was all these plans ahead of you. You're looking forward to your wedding. You're looking forward to having babies and whatever plans you've got with your your husband or your wife. And, you know, when the angel appeared to Mary, just put yourself in her situation because she was looking forward to, you know, being with her husband and God came in and said, hey, Mary, you're going to have a son. He's not going to be your son. He's going to be the son of God. You know, she had such a big call to fulfil But the things that she gave up, you know, she risked her fiancé walking away. You know, she risked shame and judgment from the community. Can you imagine trying to explain to, say, family members and, you know, having Joseph there? Oh, no, it's it's not his baby. It's the son of God. It's God's baby. Like, no one would have believed her, you know, so they would have been ostracised, but they're in the centre of God's will and being in the centre of God's will is always the safest place to be. You know, even though they had to flee where they were and go into Egypt, they had the protection of God from start to finish because they're in the centre of God's will. And I love what it says in, um, in Luke 1, 38. Oh, there you go, I'll just read it from there, that's easy. Um, then Mary said, "'Behold the maidservant of the Lord. "'Let it be to me according to your word.'" And the angel departed from her. So some of this can kind of get lost in our language because we don't generally say behold and things like that. But, you know, she said two things here. Behold the maidservant of the Lord. So what's she doing in that moment? She's surrendering. She's saying, God, not your will, my will. I'm going to lay aside all these plans that I've had, Father, and I'm just going to give it over to you. I'm surrendering. And then she said, I'm also going to believe what you have said. So two things there. And there's such power in surrender. We know that when God gets someone who's surrendered to his will, watch what he does. You know, I was thinking about a time when um, I felt God say to me and it was a few years ago, you know, I felt God put it on my heart that I was going to be in ministry but I never uttered it to anyone. I thought, I'm just going to keep that to myself and we'll just see what God does with that. But there was a few weeks there where I just felt God say to me, I want to know if you're going to say yes. And it was just this impression that I had on my heart and I felt like God wanted me to get down on my knees in the lounge room. There's no one there and really give him my yes. And it was just this powerful moment of surrender. And so, and I remember saying to her, I feel like God just wants our yes and not really knowing what was ahead, you know, because he gives us free will, right? He never pushes his will on us. He gives us the opportunity to choose And so I remember getting down on my knees in my lounge room and I said to God, I'll go anywhere you want me to go. I'll do anything you want me to do and I'll say anything you want me to say. And it was just a moment between me and God, you know. The thing is, God's already committed to us. He's just waiting for us to commit to Him. And, you know, when we walk in obedience and and those little leadings and directions of the Holy Spirit... We can see our giftings, we can see the blessings not only on our lives but on the lives, those around us. What's on your life, it's actually designed to further the kingdom. You know, Greg and I go away um, around Christmas time and sometimes our house is sort of shut up, all the windows and doors and I don't know if you've ever walked into a room that's been shut up for a long time but it gets really stale and stagnant and it's kind of like, oh, there's almost a, a bit of a smell there, you know, and... That's sometimes what it can be like if we're not releasing what God's put on our life to those around us. You know, 1 John 4.12 says, No one has seen God at any time, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. And I love what the Amplified says. It says his love in us is brought to its full completion, to maturity. It runs its full course and is perfected in us. You know, it doesn't kind of swirl around and just stay within us. It's like once you walk in obedience and you start releasing and obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit, you really start to see his love being brought to full maturity in your life. You know, I remember um, when I went to Perth in October and um, I was on the plane and... um, I don't know if I've shared this already but I'm going to share it again because it's just a really powerful story of obedience and I was lining up for the toilets uh, with my daughter and, you know, on the plane you're kind of on top of everyone and they've got the seats right there and so you try not to, you know, stare at anyone and I, I just kind of noticed over my shoulder there was a girl reading a Kindle and I, I just had a little look at a few of the words and it was, one was God and one was Abraham and I was like, oh, she might be a Christian, And then I just, you know, took my daughter to the toilet and on the way back I heard God say, I want you to ask her about that. And I was like, okay, I don't mean to be nosy, but um, I just noticed your book. I said, are you a Christian? And she said, "Uh, no. And she kind of named this other religion, don't need to name it, but really doesn't um, line up with what we believe. And anyway, I said, oh, okay, well, you know, that's nice. Like, have a great day and I went and sat down I thought what on earth was that about that was kind of a dead end dead end thing and then um as we got into the airport waiting for the bags this lovely girl came up to me and she just said I just can't believe it she's kind of come out of nowhere and I was like what I don't know what you're talking about It just can't be a coincidence. And, you know, she proceeded to give me the contact of someone in the religion that she was in and I said, thank you. And, you know, just being polite. And then I heard God say, I want you to pray for her. So I'm like, all right, I said, hey, do you mind if I pray for you before before you go? And she was like, yeah, yeah, sure. And so I just, I can't even remember, to be honest, what I prayed you know, we carry God's presence and we release him wherever we are and it's like the presence of God touched her and she just starts crying in the airport. She's crying, she's crying. She goes, oh, sorry, I'm not normally like this. You know, I'm just really, really tired. Uh, That's all it is. I'm just really tired. (laughs) But, you know, it was that. And you just seen God touch her. She was in religion, but she'd never experienced the presence of God. And I think I actually prayed over her, Lord, I pray that she will know you as father and know that she's a daughter. You know, she's not to work for your love. And anyway, it was just this beautiful encounter that I had, but it was that first step of obedience Who knows what I'm talking about? I didn't know that God wanted to do that, but I thought I'd just obey that, that one little voice. And so, you know, it's important that when we talk about obedience and the leading of the Spirit, we've got to know this. We've got to know that Jesus came to bring goodwill. We've got to know that we've already got God's favour. So if we can just turn to Luke 2.14. I'm actually going to read this on my phone because I want to read... um, A few different versions, not the virgin birth, versions of this one. So the New King James 2.14, and this is when the angel appeared to the shepherds. So the shepherds are thinking, what is all this about? And it says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. The Amplified says, glory to God in the highest and on earth among men with whom he is well pleased. The NIV says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. You know, so it's much easier to step into obedience and to follow the leading and and to really surrender knowing you know if we think of Jeremiah twenty-nine, eleven, for I know the plans I have for you they're plans of good and not for evil plans to prosper you knowing that really he's the one that that has um, our best interests at heart and you know just like it says in Luke 2 14 that he is pleased with us you know I liken that to when my kids get up in the morning and they haven't done anything in particular they just get up and I'm like oh come here and it's just it's just a big cuddle time. I'm just pleased with them just because they're my kids, right? How many of us miss that in the Father because we feel like we've got to perform for him or there's some duty or there's some standard that we haven't met up to and we miss the love of the Father? I love um, Luke four eighteen and 19. Because we know that, if you want to turn there, you can, Luke 4, 18 and 19, we know that Jesus came to reveal the will of the Father, right? You know, Jesus said, if you want to know what what the Father's like, you look at me. And Luke 4, 18, 19, it says, And the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those... Who are oppressed. And this verse 19 is what I really want to drive home. It says, to proclaim the accepted and the acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favours of God profusely abound. So that's the age that we're in at the moment. We're in the age of grace because of that baby in a manger, because, you know, what did John the Baptist say about Jesus when he went to baptise him? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You know, we've got to know, church, that we actually stand before God. It says in Colossians one twenty two, we stand before him holy and we stand before him without blame. I just want you to think, you know, for a moment, just say when you come into God's presence, what are you aware of? Are you conscious of, you know, inferiority? Are you conscious of an insecurity? Are you conscious of, you know, where you've missed it or something that's lacking? Or are you conscious of what he did in Christ? That's how we stand before him wholly and without blame. You know, if we're focusing on all the other things, not, not the blood of Jesus, we're not going to be able to come to him boldly. Amen. It says in Ephesians 4:1, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling of which you were called. Now we've got to be careful because it doesn't say walk to become worthy. It says, walk worthy of that which you were called. You already are worthy and we're just walking out what was done. Can you see the difference? It kind of switches from, you know, grace, he's done it all. We don't want to be in that performance mentality. I'm trying to become worthy. You know, I just refuse to work for something that was so sufficiently paid for. Amen. And even that word that came through just after worship, we've just got to get good at receiving. It's already been paid for. Um, John 15, 9 to 10. You can turn there if you like. John 15, 9 to 10. You know, when we're in the will of God, we're also in the grace of God. You know, He gives us a supernatural ability to do it wherever you're called. He's going to put your, His grace on it so you can walk it out. John 15, 9 to 10. says, as the Father has loved me, I've also loved you. Abide in my love. What a powerful verse. As the Father has loved me, I've also loved you. So with the same love that the Father loves Jesus, Jesus loves us with, there's nothing uh, lacking in that love. There's nothing that's incomplete. And then verse 10, this is where it links in with obedience. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Amen. And, you know, it's important to recognise as well, obedience under the old covenant versus obedient under the new covenant. They're a completely different thing. If we can turn to Hebrews 8, 6, please. Hebrews 8, 6. So, you know, when we're talking about the old covenant, the old covenant dealt with the fruit. It dealt with the outward actions. There was nothing in the old covenant that hit the heart of man. It was only in the new covenant, and that's why Jesus said, you must be born again, right? Because when we get born again, God's spirit comes in and it changes us from the inside out. And, you know, he's not just interested in the outward actions, he's interested in the heart motives. Amen. So if we look at Hebrews 8, uh, we'll start at verse 6. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, inasmuch as he is also a mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. For if the first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second... Because finding fault in them, he said, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hands and led them out of Egypt because they did not continue in my covenant and, they di- and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I'll make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. So this is our covenant, guys. He says, I'll put my laws in their minds and I'll write them in their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbour, none of them his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall know me from the least of them to the greatest. And I just love verse 12. It says, For I'll be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I'll remember no more. This is a side that I feel like a lot of Christians just don't really know um, that much, that actually God says that I'm going to be merciful to your unrighteousness, purely through the precious blood of Jesus and you know so if we're looking at the two um, the two different covenants he's interested in the heart and you know an example of this um, a few years ago you know we like to give um, presents to the teachers I'm sure those of you who have kids it's something that is quite common you give a present to the teachers at the end of the year and um, one of our daughters one year you know didn't really click with that teacher that she had for the year and I said, well, we're going to give them a present still. And so, you know, I kind of had to put down a law and say, no, you are going to give them a present. Whether you feel like it or not, you're going to do that. But, you know, there was so much more that I wanted to get across. I just could have left it there and said, no, you will, end of story. But I I wanted to sit with her and I wanted to talk to her about why. You know, I wanted to get to the heart of why she was feeling like that. And, you know, that's the same as God. He wants to connect to the heart of why he wants us to be obedient. Amen. It says in Romans 7.22 that um, it says, I delight in the law of God in the inward man. And so that's talking about what God did in us. You know, when we say step out of obedience or, you know, we give ourselves over to the flesh, we're actually stepping out of our identity in Christ because in your born-again spirit, like it says in uh, Hebrews 8, I'll give you that new heart. I'll give you a heart that wants to obey, that wants to serve. And so it's really just, you know, when we are obedient, it's an outward expression of what he's done on the inside. I remember um, a few years ago, I had a, a kids' clothing business and, you um, know, it was going really well and I really enjoyed it and, but I just felt God start to turn my heart away from, from doing this business and like I said, the business was going really well but he just started to turn my heart towards ministry and, you know, as I, as I walked with him and as I started to, you know, listen to what he was saying and go this direction, it was actually his desire became my desire. Who's experienced that? You know, it's not him putting a law out there, you shall do this. That, that's, that's old covenant. It's from the heart, you know. And so I got to walk out this awesome journey and still am of something that he put in my heart. And this, you know, talking about leading from the heart, it's not going to work if we're not delighting ourselves in the Lord because Psalm 37.4, it says, delight yourselves in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. You know, so you've actually got to take time to sit with him and read his word. Like Jesus said, if my words abide in you, you shall have what you ask. Acknowledging every good thing that's already in us. I love Philemon 6. It says, The sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Acknowledging every good thing that's already in you. Again, that was done when we got born again. It's already, he's already done everything in our born-again spirits. I've, um, we've got some pot plants out the front of our house and I've had them for about five years actually. And, um, you know, I water them every few days. But just the last week, in one of the pot plants, I've started to see this gorgeous plant start to grow out of it. I didn't plant a new seed. I didn't do anything different. But it's something that was there from seed form. And, you know, that's what it's like in our born-again spirits when we continue to water it with the Word. We can see things that will start to come out where we're like, wow, I didn't even know I had that in me. And that's why it says in Romans 12:2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is the good, what is the acceptable and what is the perfect will of God. Amen. He's already done everything in Christ Jesus. That's why obedience is such a blessing, because really he's got our best interests at mind. Amen. Thank you, Lord. i just read one more verse, guys. We're going to finish a little bit earlier, but that's okay. Isaiah 54.10 says, For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed from you, says the Lord who has mercy on you. Amen. Amen. We'll just get the team back up. Just stand up, guys. Father, we just thank you, Lord God, that you have called us, Lord, to surrender, Lord, that you've called us to be obedient to your leadings, Father, to your guidings, Lord, and you're just so faithful in that, Lord God. Father, I just thank you for open hearts, Lord, this season as we, you know, many of us go away, Father, we've got more time, Lord God, I just pray that hearts are open to receive from you, Lord God. Thank you, Father God, that it's you who in us is in us, Father, that gives us the will and the work to do, Father, what you need done, Lord God. Thank you, Father God. We just thank you that we're a people, Lord, that go from strength to strength, from glory to glory, Lord God. And, Father, that you gave us your Son, Father, and we're giving everything over to you, Lord God. We just thank you that you're so faithful, Father, You're so faithful to shepherd and lead your people. Jesus' Name. And if you're here this morning and you've never given your life, you've never given your heart over to Jesus, you know there's an opportunity to do that this morning. Thank you, Lord God. It'll be the best thing that you've ever decided to do because you come with, you know, hurts. You come with things that you've been carrying And there's a great exchange that goes on. He'll give you his peace. He'll give you his joy. So if that's you this morning and you've never done that, I invite you to come forward after this last song. Come forward and we can pray that prayer. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father God. Father, we thank you for the ministry of your word this morning, Lord God father that brings fresh hope into situations lord god father as we surrender lord god we know that you do something mighty in jesus name amen